Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm Laura Youngkin of The Brave Millennial. This is Lars Helgeson, CEO of Greenrope and author of CRM for Dummies. I'm Allison Bloom-Fashtok, the founder and CEO of Know Your Crew. This is Brad Van Dam, president and CEO of Marge Confectionery. And you're listening to High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. It's that time of year again. You need to file your taxes. For many people, the word taxes brings on an instant headache. What's deductible? What's not? What's changed for the current year? The tax code is thousands of pages long. Who has time to figure it all out? Thankfully, Get Help Tax and Bookkeeping has a solution for you. Simply complete a brief questionnaire online, and one of our IRS-authorized tax professionals will prepare and file your return. It's fast and easy. Call 914-467-9271 to get started. If you need help, get help. Hey, are you having trouble getting a merchant account? Do you need an international payment gateway because your business is now stretching across the pond? Have you been rejected by other merchant account providers? No problem. iPayTotal wants your business. Our high-risk merchant accounts allow you to accept all major credit and debit cards iPayTotal delivers payment solutions and products to help you grow your business. Contact us now for your payment processing at info at iPayTotal.com or visit www.ipaytotal.com. That is the letter I, paytotal.com. Your online payments partner. We make payments processing easier for high-risk merchants. When is the last time you've actually watched a movie and went and read a book that was written about the lessons in a movie? Well, I want to introduce you to a book that is written by Jack Cogger. This book is called 26 Life and Business Lessons from the Black Panther Movie. Yes, as a reader, here's what you're going to learn. Maintaining focus, time management, loyalty, impact of our actions, importance of embracing diversity, and the effect of oppressive forces. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to take a moment, go to Amazon and look up 26 Life and Business Lessons from the Black Panther Movie by author Jack Conger. What is your goal for 2018? Earn more money, more time for your family or yourself. We offer you a solution. Be your own boss. To learn more, please go to our website, www.runerinder.com. We look forward to having you as an Erinder. Now, let's listen to this week's episode. Hey, welcome to another great episode. This is part two of my interview with the CEO of Quantic Dream. Yeah, you may or may not have heard of Quantic Dream. If this is your first time following our show, you know I find CEOs anywhere. And so thank you for listening. However you find us, whether it was Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. But I promise you today, this is part two of my interview of a company who's been at the forefront of um, great movie like 
games with real actors. And I'm talking video games, people. And I know you're like, what? <laughs> Don't worry. You will love uh, this CEO. He's the head of a company called Quantic Dream. It is a fascinating company. If you did not hear part one of this interview, go back right now. Listen to part one. It will kind of give you the premise and the setup for where we are in part two of this interview. But I want you Sit back, relax with a pen and a pad, whether you're driving, whether you're at work, wherever you may be right now listening to this. Here's part two of my interview with the CEO of Quantic Dream. Take a listen. And, and I think it's, it's, it's pretty cool, too, because, um, you know, this, this is something that I've, I've learned about the, um, the advancement and the progression of video games. It has bought multiple generations together. So I, I want to kind of talk about that, right? Because, um, you know, David Cage is not a rookie. <laughs> you know, he's not 19, right? You're, you're not 22, you know, with this awesome company. You guys have been around for a while, right? You know, you got kids, you got family, right? You know, if, if you're talking to other um, leaders outside of the video game industry and, you, and they ask you, you know, what do you do? Right. And you're like, well, I own a, you know, a game and production company. Do, do you get any flack for that? Do people think, OK, really, that's what you do every day? Like you don't you don't have a, a quote unquote real job. Like what's what's kind of the what are those interactions like with 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 other older people about the the, the what the work that you do? But then more importantly, how, how have you helped um, enlighten older people about the the vast experience and the need of 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 um, ideas and experience that older people bring to the gaming uh, to the the video game world. Yeah, well, it's it's true that it's been difficult in the in the first years to explain that uh, you know you're a video game maker, you game video game producers, and people think that you're basically playing all in all, <laughs> uh, which unfortunately is not the case. Um, and and um, yeah, that it's actually a very I wouldn't say, yeah, serious, but also extremely complex uh, industry. Uh, very competitive, and and it's it's um it's an industry that is at the intersection of entertainment and, and of creativity and technology. You know, technology is a is a is a very very important component uh, of of video games, and so you have to find the right balance between all these crafts. Um, it's also a you know high budget industry. Uh, most video games, especially in the AAA uh, range, so these these very high end, sophisticated video games, um, you know, it's it's tens of millions of dollars of production budgets, and with these budgets comes the stress of having to uh, manage these large sums of money and 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 to get a return on investment for your investors. So it's it's certainly not uh, as easy peasy as certain people uh, may think. So what we usually do with David to, uh, um, you know, to advocate what we're doing uh, uh, is, is, is very simple. We invite people in uh, and when they come to the studio, then they're quite amazed. They're amazed by how many people work at the studio. We have up to 200 people here. We have our own performance capture stage, which is very impressive with 75 cameras uh, capturing the movements of actors. We work with, you know, Detroit Become Human, 300 actors that come in and out, perform uh, um, some, you know, 
known actors we worked with Ellen Page, with Willem Dafoe, uh, with Jesse Williams, and, and uh, so many others. Uh, uh, with whom we, we uh, Kadeem Hardison, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, I could David Bowie. David did his first game with David Bowie uh, um, uh, back in 1997. Um, so yeah, when when people get to see uh, uh, first the studio and then experience the game, uh, there's something very true about what you just said. Is that one of the first sentences in each of our pitches with David is to say, we want to create games uh, on which our grandparents could play, our parents could play. And this is why we chose storytelling, because mm -hmm. that's the most universal uh, uh, thing to do when you want to, you know, embrace and, and bring generations together, you tell them a story. Absolutely. And, and, and we're also trying, you know, to, to uh, give uh, both core gamers, but also occasional gamers or where people who've never played a game, the possibility to, you know, get the control in their hands and, and play the game with simple controls, very uh, intuitive, uh, a very intuitive interface. So that's very much what we want to do. Absolutely. So, you know, um, it, it's pretty interesting when you started, you, you were naming some of those, you know, folks who have come to the table to contribute their work as an actor. I, I'm curious for you, um, you know, as these stories are being built, right, and you guys are kind of psychoanalyzing every single angle of, of putting, because I think what, what Quantic Dream has done is, is, is a challenge, but I think the further portion of what you guys have put together when it comes to the video game world is you guys are creating decision-based gaming that is immersive for the player. Right. If I, if I just go play any other game, right, it's just kind of you jump in and you just start playing. Right. There's no there's no separation of of having to make a quick decision. Right. There's no there's no um, challenging your your uh, beliefs. Right. Sometimes in a lot of other games, you guys are really taking on that decision making, you know, based game. I remember the first time um, I had a, a major decision to make in Heavy Rain. Or Beyond Two Souls, I would have to say, quite honestly, is one of my favorite games of all time. And that's hard for me to say because I play a lot of story-based games. You're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the reason is, is because this was one of the first times where I saw you. I mean, you guys were pulling the interest of a Willem Dafoe, a Kadeem, a Ellen Page. Talk to our audience about... What was it where you did you guys have like the character already created and you you had to reach out to Willem Dafoe? Did you did you what what is that process like after the character is built and how were you able to get like real names that people really knew to be able to jump on board and see this vision that you guys were putting together? So when David um, uh, David starts writing uh, his stories, he's he always have has um, certain characters in mind, certain actors in mind, and so usually you know he's he's writing with some pictures of of, of them in front of him, and uh, you know in in the case of uh, William Defoe or uh, or um, uh, Ellen Page, these are actually the two actors that he had in his mind right from the get go. Wow. And so, you know, and, and, and then uh, it is my job to uh, uh, pick the phone and, and uh, call the agents and then uh, organize a first meeting with the um, 
the actors. And uh, that's we always follow the same process, meeting them, explaining them what we want to do, telling them about the story, telling them about the character, telling them about the technique, performance capture, you know, what does it mean to uh, perform in our studio? Mm-hmm. Uh, how is it going to look like? Uh, how they are going to look like, etc. So giving them more information about the whole process. Uh, and, and when they feel confident and, and, and comfortable, uh, then, uh, uh, then we start working together. Wow. That, that's, that's, you know, and I guess at the end of the day, they probably have as much to learn about the way their acting is captured just as much as you have to learn about what they would need and how, I guess in some ways they have to be kind of sold on that. This, this is a, this is an actual story that they want to be immersed in. Um, so, so for you, you know, when, when you think about, um, you know, uh, these, these games, and I just want to help our audience get, get kind of an understanding from the moment the game is thought of as an idea to the day you guys are showing up at, you know, E3, right. Or, 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 or all the conventions and kind of doing the tours, how long does it take really to get a game from thought bubble to, uh, ready to go for release? So it takes David Cage about, you know, between one and two years to write the story. Wow. Of course, while he's writing, we're preparing all the technology, we're starting to put things into gear. Uh, and then it takes us about another 18 months to produce all the assets, all the graphics, um, all the animations, and then another six to eight months to finalize everything. Okay. Uh, so in all in all, it takes us a minimum of three years and up to four, sometimes five years to um, to finish the game. Wow! So when you when you run into, <laughs> I guess I would say trouble, because I am sure it all goes perfect when you start out in this process. So so when you run into challenges and and there's delays, and you've got um, uh, you know PlayStation calling and saying, hey, where, you know where are we? Right? Are we you know are we ready to go? Do we have something to share? You know what? as they're kind of putting their lineup together, right? Um, you know, what's the, what's the process like when you kind of run into these snags? And if there's, if there's any uh, examples you could give from a, a snag that you guys might have had uh, with, within one of the, the games uh, previously produced, I, w- I would love to be able to share that story. But what's, what ha- what's kind of your process that you kind of go through? Because as a leader, I'm sure um, at the end of the day, the pressure's kind of on you. Um, it's to, to, to provide that final product, right. To, to, to the, to the companies, um, for, for viewing, you know, or, or even your investors. Right. So what are you guys going to kind of do? What, what is kind of your personal best practices that you put in place when things kind of get in a down slump and you've got to, you've got to kind of remove some things, zig and zag, and then kind of pull the team out of the slump. What, what are some of the things that you do? Um, I think you know what, what I've learned over the years is that the, the, the best way to handle this is um, these difficulties uh, is through transparency, as simple as that. Uh, we all know, and the publishers we work with all know that what we're doing is complex, is difficult. There are a lot of uncertainties uh, on 
the technological side, of course, but also on the creative side. You know, uh, do we know exactly how long it will take David and his team to write the stories and for these to be top notch? No, we don't. We have an approximate um, because it's not the first game we're, we're making. We know approximately how long this is going to take, but we don't exactly know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have pioneer technologies, uh, engine, uh, tools, um, motion capture, um, graphics, animation, so many different fields in which we, 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 uh, uh, we do research and development. And, and you know, by definition, you know, when you start the research, you're never quite sure <laughs> when you'll get to, uh, uh, to find all the answers that you're looking for. So um, we all know in what industry we're, work, we're working in. Um, and, and so transparency is the moment you see that things are, are slipping, you basically ring the alarm bell and say, OK, this is the situation. This is where we are. Um, this is how much we spend. This is how much we, we, we still have to spend. And, and you know, then you have to negotiate, discuss. And, 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 but at the end of the day, everyone is here to make the best possible game, the best possible experience. And it's the reason why we worked so long with, uh, with Sony, you know, for so long with Sony. We're working with them since 12 years now. Uh, it's because we know that they are the kind of publisher who's, who's not going to ask us to abruptly terminate uh, the development uh, simply because we need to be on time and on budget in the country. They're going to be here to make the, the, the best possible game. Um, so yeah, that's transparency and, and, um, you know, uh, sharing the vision very early with the team and throughout the journey, you know, at the beginning of the development of a, of a four or five year cycle, um, it's, it's, nobody knows where, where, where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, and even if we tell them, um, not each of them understand exactly, you know, where, where exactly this is going and, and it's not tangible you mm-hmm. know? Um, before you have the first prototype before you have the first demo before you have you you're out there at e3 as you as you mentioned and showing it to the world you know it's it's so so you need to to talk a lot with, with the team and, and and make sure that everyone understands where the project is going and why we're doing what we're doing um, so yeah, that, that, that for me is the, 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 the second very important element, sharing the vision uh, throughout the journey. Absolutely. So here's a, here's a separate question that is kind of uh, indirectly related because obviously by the time something gets done and produced, you know, you guys have you know, created rock star status games and, and, and stories and things that people are constantly talking through. How many stories are getting cut on a consistent basis that just never see the light of day. <laughs> in our studio in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. just, you know, just even, even from a standpoint of, you know, just this is a great idea, but no, not this one. No. Yep. This is the one, but you know, just that process. Every day, you know, in the <laughs> writing room that we have, uh, you know, ideas are, are being thrown and, 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 you know, some are being picked up and others don't make it into the final game. We even have sometimes scenes that are partially or even totally produced that are then cut, but a little bit like in films, you know, right. uh, when you're in the editing room and 
you know, you have three, four hours of, 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 of material, and at the end of the day, you know, you, you find that the best way to tell your, your story through a, is through a two-hour cut. So a lot of things get, um, uh, get abandoned. Uh, and and you, can, you can say it's sad and, and what <laughs> if, et cetera. But at the end of the day, what is important is that um, uh, you have the best possible version of the story uh, in the hands of the players. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that I've noticed has been um, a consistent uh, theme um, from everything that, you know, from Indigo Prophecy all the way up down to Detroit has been the community that does follow Quantic Dream, that looks at what you guys do. I mean, these games are not just immersive they're not just things that people can play and try out they're not just you know uh, awesome woven together stories there are things that people are talking about months and years after i mean I, I can i can go back to the first time i saw a snippet of a coming soon of you know heavy rain right and and it took a while before the final release and and even after it happened i mean i still play it like i still i still have it you know, uh, that and beyond two souls. Right. Um, is, was that an in, intended, you know, consequence that you guys were, were hoping for that people would not only just play the game and then put it to the side and act like it never existed? Or were you, were you helping to, did you want to have people, you know, constantly discussing some of the nuances, um, character development, um, story endings. I mean, my God, I've, I've only gotten two story endings now, um, from from Detroit become human, and I'm 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 curious about all these these alternate um, differences, right? Based on some of the decisions that you make, but was that kind of a, a, a an intentional thing that you guys are after, or was it just organic? No, 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 absolutely. Uh, right from the beginning, you know the the idea was to create um, story based games that would uh, really touch players. On an emotional level, and 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 you can only do that if you touch upon certain themes, uh, and if you really, you know, put the player in front of his responsibilities, uh, let him do meaningful decisions. Um, it's not only a decision that has a consequence, and you know, then you just leave the control and you think about something else. No, we want to question the players as individuals, sometimes ask them the, the tough questions. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and then, of course, um, we believe that uh, the, the game is going to leave an imprint in their mind. Mm -hmm. and, and this is why some of them are, are you know, very much touched. Uh, we re receive a lot of letters from people who tell us about their personal experience and why the story resonated particularly with their own story, etc., or why why they have never encountered this situation, why the game was important for them to know themselves uh, uh, better, mm -hmm. and, and that's exactly what we want, you know. And, and we believe that video games can do that. Mm -hmm. Video games can touch you on a personal level, uh, and and we're very um, happy and, and to a certain degree proud to be uh, amongst the studios who are going into that direction yeah yeah absolutely so so when you look at um i, I want to kind of shift the conversation here so when you kind of look at what 
the landscape of, of, of the video game industry is and kind of all of the different things that you have to do once the game is produced. Give, give everybody an understanding. Like on the surface, people see um, Quantic Dream show up at a E3 event. Or a Sony, you know, entertainment event, you know, a convention or they, you know, some some of the hardcore people are even sitting there listening to some of the um, the table reads. Right. But give people an understanding of what you're doing at these conventions and what what the leader is actually kind of focused on um, when you go to these things. What what's happening behind the scenes that most people probably would have no idea um, that, that you guys are doing as you're, as you're kind of, you know, leading the charge on, on some of these developments. Yeah. So the, 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 that's something I think a little bit special about the games industry is that while you develop the game, you also have to start marketing it and, and we market it throughout the world. So we're a small company, 120 people. We're creating big games and we have to be promoting this game uh, throughout the world in, over the last two years of the production and then for the next two, three months following the launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's a difficult exercise because, <laughs> A, you have to travel. Uh, because when I say the world, it's truly the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we release in Japan, uh, which with Detroit has become one of our most important markets. Um, China, North America, everywhere in Europe, of course, North uh, America, mm-hmm. Africa, everywhere. And, um, you know, each time we have to be at these shows uh, and, and, yeah, just show uh, what the game is about and, and talk to the fans because that's more and more important these days. Uh, and so it's, it's, um, it's, it's a difficult uh, exercise, I must say. Um, you're very tired. You, you're most of the time jet lag. <laughs> and uh, nonetheless, you have to smile. <laughs> you have to, uh, you know, be, be sometimes on big stages, mm-hmm. uh, three, four, five thousand people. And, um, and uh, you know that millions are watching live on top of it. Uh, and but that, that's what you need to to do these days uh, to to be able to exist uh, in the market and and um, you know create excitement for the for the game that you're creating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think that one of the one of the funny parts about um, you know what a fan may see um, is that in the in the industry, especially in the video game industry. I think the difference between that and movie industry is that in the video game industry, you can get up close and personal. Yep. You can you can you can reach out and touch the actor as as yeah. well as the creator, right? Um, oh, absolutely! And, you know, we're 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 not superstars. Right. Uh, we don't have an entourage that is uh, <laughs> <laughs> keeping keeping us secure right. uh, uh, from the fans. And I would say, in the contrary, I mean, uh, we uh, we love it. We'd like to. You know, exchange with uh, with the fans and talk to them, and and uh, you know, see uh, see the emotional reaction. The, the the only frustration I have sometimes is not to be able to bring this back to the studio for everyone to to feel. You know, uh. because uh, you know, most of the time, David and I and a few other people in the studio, uh, Adam Williams and Greg Diaconu, uh, who have uh, also been very much involved in the promotion of of uh, Detroit, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we come back from these trips and and we're supercharged. Yeah. Because you know we. 
you feel the love. <laughs> you, right. you can touch right. it. Right. And, and, and uh, that's, uh, that gives us an incredible energy. Yeah. Uh, and, and yes, it is tiring. And yes, it is difficult mm -hmm. uh, uh, to be at the same time developing and promoting the game. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really uh, an incredible experience as well, also from an, an emotional standpoint. Absolutely. So let me, let me ask you a, a deeper question. What, if, you were to, um, if you were to stop and you, you were on vacation and you were, you were sitting down wherever you like to vacation and you were to give and write down kind of the three things that you've learned up until this point in your in your career what would they be and and what and at the end of the day how how has it shaped you as a as as a human being with with the work that you do hmm um you know, the first the first thing I would say is just be yourself, regardless of what people say uh, and tell you. Uh, regardless of uh, you're, you're always going to run into difficulties. You're always going to have some ingratitude. You're always going to have uh, to suffer bad faith, etc., etc. But uh, if you keep being yourself, uh, you will have, I believe, no regrets. So that's that's the first thing. Um, be honest and transparent, if only to sleep well. Uh, and and uh, I've learned over the years that uh, the people that stick in the industry that are still here after 20, uh, 25 years um, are those who um, have had uh, a certain amount of uh, or a great amount of, uh, of transparency and honesty. Um, and then uh, dream, dream, dream. Because that's, you know, never take impossible as an answer, never take no as an answer. And, and if you believe uh, in, in, uh, in your dreams, then they're going to come true. Absolutely. So what's frustrating about your job? What, what's kind of the things that get under your skin? What's the stuff that you sometimes are just, you know, sitting there and not really sure where to go? What, what's What's kind of frustrating in the everyday world of, of, of what you do? The most frustrating thing is time. Mm. You know, there's never enough time. Sure. And, and, and um, you know, for me, the difficulty, I travel a lot, I work a lot, I have a family of three kids, uh, and, and time becomes extremely sensitive. Um, because you need time for your kids, you need time on the project, you need time to promote it. it it's, it's, it's very, and so, when, when you when when I'm missing time to to be able to do all this, it creates a, a certain a certain frustration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very much the only thing, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm probably not easily frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so as we wrap up here, um, you know, you you've done you've done some pretty significant projects from a from a history. Uh, you know, when, when we go back, look, 40, 50 years, I think I think there's definitely significant projects for Aquatic Dream that'll be kind of in that in that history book. What's the future of video games, in your opinion? <laughs> um, you know, I think that uh, video games, to a certain degree, we're already 
in that future. Uh, video games that, uh, and we truly fought a lot for this, uh, my generation, I would say, to bring video games to uh, uh, an always larger audience, um, to the, we called it the mass market, um, for everyone to play. You know, let's not forget that games initially were for, for a very tiny niche of, of core gamers um, uh, that, were, that were a little bit cliched, you know, programmers type uh, of people, nerds, things like that. And today, uh, we're seeing that everyone's playing, you know, uh, male, female, young, old, every country, uh, there is great gaming going on. And that's, that's, that's certainly uh, the way video games are going to continue to be. Uh, reaching an always larger audience. And, and, and um, so that's the first thing. The other thing is, of course, technology is going to evolve and VR, AR, etc., is, is going to come to the table. I personally think, I personally hope that um, stories, characters are going to be more and more important, that we're going to have more and more meaningful experiences. Mm -hmm. And I'm not only saying that as because Quantic Dream is, 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 has really been a pioneer in this, in this uh, field, but uh, also because, uh, you know, I have children, I'm a parent, and, and you know, I, I wish this also for my kids and for their kids um, to be, uh, I think video games are phenomenal medium. It's it's the medium of all possibilities. Uh, it's where you can be the author, the director, um, the actor, probably uh, tomorrow, of, of, of a story that today is being told to you, or at least uh, you're given the possibility to, to play these characters. Tomorrow, you'll probably be able to write it yourself. Uh, so it's an incredible medium. And... and but sometimes um, a little bit too shallow, not meaningful enough. But I think, you know, we're going to see that evolution in the next years and, and it's going to be a bright future. Absolutely. And I truly believe Quantic will continue to pioneer on that on that portion. Um, you know, one of the things that um, I've I've always paid attention to, and especially when we do our podcast here um, and when we share with people is. You know, people who are definitely thoughtful, um, who are intentional about their approach um, to their work, right? And 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 what that means overall for those who work with them, right? Um, and the the type of teams that they build, the 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 legacy that they're able to leave, the the ability to attract by passion, right? I think is so key. And and what you've done, and what David has done, and I would. Again, I would love to interview. Matter of fact, um, I probably need to come by and visit the studio one day. I think that's probably my next. Absolutely. Studio. Yeah, I would, I would love to, actually. Um, but, you, you know, one of the things I've always been able to notice, and, and I'll just I'll, I'll speak for myself as not just a fan, but somebody who looks at industries. It is amazing when you can see somebody have an imprint and people are waiting for the next thing that you do. Right. And I would definitely say Quantic Dream has always been that for me. Um, and, and I think it's mainly because there's a lot of intentionality, as you, as you kind of talked about in the beginning. Right. It starts with the core personal story. 
And I think because you bring people so close to reality and decision making all at one time in this immersive experience, no matter what the game is that you guys have created, I think that there's something to be said for that. Right. And so just thank you for your leadership on that. And thank you for 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 being willing to take the freaking risk. <laughs> like it's not, you know, it's it's not easy. And, I, and I'm sure even though um, uh, you guys are, are in, in, in somewhat of a pioneering state, uh, people are always waiting for you to top the last thing that you did. Right. Like it, it never it never ends. So with that being said, here's my last question. Are you guys already working on the next? game <laughs> you you bet <laughs> good deal good deal um and and, and, and and i and i'm i'm sure of that and and i think one of the the cool parts is is you know uh what you guys produce is always top-notch quality especially with the samples that we get at conventions and different things of that nature is there a potential when we could see at a next convention maybe 2019 the the next trailer or snippet or a project that you guys are working on I, I honestly don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll make public what we're working on whenever it's ready. Absolutely. And that's what we've always done. Absolutely. Good deal. Well, listen, thank you for, for, for taking the time out. I, I always realize time is something we cannot get back in. So wherever we put it, um, it's invested. And, and I hope that uh, this conversation has been as much of a joy for you as it is for me and our audience. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you continue to do. And just know um, <laughs> as, as the travel is tiring and as every stage seems to be a little bit more, uh, uh, um, you, you know, nuanced and people are asking really thoughtful questions. It's because of the great work that you've done. And so just uh, from, from a person who's first time ever picked up a PlayStation one to now my pro or, you know, uh, played games and now, you know, being able to play games like Detroit Become Human, you know, thank you so much for the work that you put into. Uh, people are patient because they know Quantic Dream is going to give a great product. So thank you so much. Um, and any final words that you would like to leave with our audience? Well, thank you for watching. It's been a real pleasure. And thank you, Chris. Um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And uh uh, thank you for your kind words, uh, which I'm going to share with the whole team. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, you definitely are doing things on a high level, and that's why you're right here on High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. Thank you for your time, and you have a great day. Well, listen, I, this is probably, uh, again, I know you guys are tired of hearing me say this. This is probably my favorite interview so far. Um, I have to say I am... Uh, a, a geek when it comes to uh, stories, great storytelling. I love movies. More importantly, I do love video games for how far they have come. They are an interesting, fascinating industry of a group of people who really do care about their craft of artists, directors, writers, screenplay folks. You name it, they have it. It's a great industry. So, Thank you for listening. This has been a great, fascinating conversation, and I would love it if you would share whatever platform you found us on. Make sure you share. Give us uh, a like. Share this out. That helps with our rankings, and it makes us more visible. And that's what we're here to do is make it so that everyone can hear um, in your network and in your circles 
of influence our show and hear the CEOs that we're talking about. Also, make sure you give us a like and a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and also LinkedIn. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening. I hope that whatever you choose today, that you do it at a high level. Take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.